This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. This is our preview podcast heading into... The Red River Shootout, Texas and Oklahoma, or as Tom Herman said this week, OU Texas, which got a lot of people's attention. But uh, we bring in um, a, a former starter on the uh, offensive line for the Oklahoma Sooners. He's doing great things on Sirius XM radio, and he's got other things in his uh, media basket. Uh, the one and only Gabe Eichard. Gabe, how are you doing? I've got no complaints, Chip, and this is probably my favorite week of the year. Uh, I like to call it football Christmas, and I know that I know that there's not a ton on the line right now when when you look at this matchup, kind of what may, what we may have been expecting before the season started, but there's still a lot at stake here. Uh, for Tom Herman, for Lincoln Riley, for both of these football teams. I know it may not have the normal OU Texas feel, but you know what? I'm excited to see these teams play on Saturday. I can't wait. There is nothing like it, baby. Nothing. Well, and that's the thing, Gabe, is that I've said this is the greatest game day atmosphere in sports, not just college football, in sports, because there's nothing like having 100,000 people gather and you divide the seating at the 50 so that you have this herd mentality when it comes to the sound and we're going to out cheer them and the sound you know as a player I I've only talked to players who've said that the sound inside that stadium is like no other because if you're winning that sound carries you like Superman if you're losing that sound can drown you out and can make you you know make a sack feel like a fumble or a pick six or something. I mean, it, it just has this energy about it because of the, the seating divided at the 50 that is off the charts. Is that, is that fair? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, people ask me all the time, uh, what makes this game so great? And uh, there's so many things, but you start with the crowd, right? There, there's no other game, to my knowledge, in all of sports where it's split like that. I mean, you just, you don't get it anywhere else. So, and I know it's going to be weird this year with the capacity limits and all those things, but I know those, what is it? 12,500 for each side. I know those people are going to be losing their damn minds. It's going to be great. Still going to be great, but yeah, people ask me a lot, you know, what makes it so special? And it starts with the players, right? Because, all of these guys, a ton of the guys, you know, played high school football with each other. A lot of guys from the state of Texas that chose Oklahoma over Texas. Uh, similar, you know, same can be said for the guys that chose Texas over Oklahoma. So that's what makes it fun, just first and foremost, is 
a lot of these guys know each other. And it just it just adds this sense of, you know, this this personal feel to the game where it's like, all right, uh, I I don't want to lose to those guys. I mean, there there is that. And then, you know, when you start talking about the game, it, it's the it's the weirdest thing because it can be your loudest home game at one point, and then it can be your loudest road game at another point in the football game, depending on which end zone you're in, right, and how the game is going. So you don't get that anywhere else where you get those emotional swings just from the crowd reaction in one stadium. I mean, it's completely bizarre, but, I mean, you can, you can even talk about the tunnel. I mean, where else does that happen? Where you're walking down the same tunnel as the other team, just talking to them and, like, clearly uh, giving them a piece of your mind. But, I mean, that doesn't happen in other college football games, probably for a good reason. But still, it's just another example that, in my opinion, and I haven't been to the Iron Bowl, uh, I haven't been to Ohio State, Michigan, but in my opinion, with what I've experienced, throughout my career and now kind of my career in sports media, this, this is the best game in all of college football. Well, it's the best game in all of college football. There's before no doubt. We get, before we get into this year's matchup, talking to, to Gabe Eichert, um, for context, you were part of the Red River shootout in 2010, 11, 12, and 13. Is that right? I had a good run. You had a good run. Uh, yeah, had a you good won run. 28 to 20 in 2010. You won 55 to 17 in 11. You won 63 to 21 in 12. And then in 13. Oh, Chip, do we have the, to talk this, about it? Well, this, this was the weirdest game to me because this was supposed to be Mac Brown's it, funeral. It, it was weird to you. How do you think it felt for us? So, <laughs> I mean, am I, am I wrong? Did you all think you were coming to be the pallbearers for, for Mac Brown's, the end of his tenure at Texas? What happened that day? Because, I mean, obviously the Texas players, totally rallied and you know showed up in a way that they hadn't shown up at that point yet in the season and it just did it catch you all off guard were you expecting them to come in and and be hang dogs i i was not expecting case mccoy to play like aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's what i wasn't except now i didn't play defense so those guys had to deal with that issue but yeah it, the weird thing about this game and you mentioned it I won my first three. I lost my senior year. Like I think about the loss by far more often than I think about those three wins. And two of those wins were absolute beatdowns. Oh, right. I mean, oh, clear the side, clear the burnt orange side during the third quarter beatdowns. Like you, you, we all know the pictures. That right, still, beer uh, and corny dogs in the third quarter. Yeah, that still uh, kind of circulate when this week rolls around. Uh, from those two games, but yeah, that, that loss, I think it was 36, 20, 36, 20, that yep. loss was it. It still brings me physical pain today. I mean, and that just another example of what this game's, what this game means to the guys that play in it. But I think about it all the time. You know, we turn the ball over too much offensively. There's no doubt. We didn't play well enough. And then, Sometimes you got to give the opponent credit. And Case McCord was fantastic that day. He Frustratingly was. good that day. Probably the best game he's played in his entire career. And right. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. The spaghetti yeah. armed Case McCoy. I, I, mean, I don't think I don't think we underestimated or anything. I, we had a good week of practice leading up to that game. Just weird things happen in the Cotton Bowl, Chip. It's just that, and that's what makes this game so much fun. Well, let's get let's get into this year's. As you mentioned, talking to Gabe Eichert, and actually, let's uh, we'll come back with with Gabe Eichert right here on the flagship podcast. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Gabe, let's talk about this year's matchup. And obviously, these teams kind of mirror each other. They're, they're having some unforeseen problems on the offensive line, maybe the interior of the offensive line that we didn't quite expect. OU's, you know, they don't have Kennedy Brooks, so they're playing... Seth McGowan, a freshman at running back. So the running game, little inconsistent. Texas, same. Uh, the defense has given up too many big plays, but the quarterback play has been pretty good. I mean, obviously, Spencer Rattler found himself in a, in a tight one with K-State after OU had a 21-point lead, and he struggled some down the stretch. I thought he was better against Iowa State. But how do you see this game you know, matching up, and where do you feel like OU's strong – and maybe has the advantage and maybe where Texas might have the advantage. Yeah, I think you got to start at the quarterback position, right? Most important position in the game, certainly uh, most important position in all of sports. And Texas has the advantage. They do. Uh, I mean, how often, and it's only happened a handful of times, but how often has a quarterback for either side started in four of these? I mean, it just doesn't happen. It, it just really doesn't. So, and it's not going to be the same atmosphere, right, uh, with the limitations on the capacity, with there not being the full fare around it, like the pageantry, all that. It's, it's not going to be the same. But Sam Ellinger knows what the Cotton Bowl feels like. He knows what stepping out there feels like. He knows what feeling that pressure feels like. Spencer Rattler does not. I mean, that's just the truth. It's not to say, like, I think right now Spencer Rattler has more arm talent than Sam Ellinger. I think Rattler's already a better passer than Ellinger, but those moments, that pressure, like experience matters. And, and we've seen what, what has happened to kind of a young Oklahoma football team in the last two fourth quarters. Like the pressure has got to them. They haven't played well, and uh, they've dropped two games that maybe if they were more experienced, they wouldn't have dropped. So when you look at advantages for Texas, uh, I think you got to start with Ellinger and his experience. But uh, I think their their ability to use the the quarterback run game is a big advantage for them in this game. And we saw Oklahoma struggle with some of that stuff uh, against Kansas State when Skylar Thompson, you know, scored a couple touchdowns running the football, had some big plays. And he was playing on a bad calf, like a healthy Ellinger. We've all seen those thighs. We've seen this movie before in this game. Like it, he is going to, they, the, the Oklahoma Sooners are going to get a big dose of Sam Ellinger in this one. And you mentioned Texas, kind of their struggles or perceived struggles on the offensive line right now. Uh, certainly thought that was going to be 
a strength of the football team, right? Led by Sam Cosme, projected high pick, Kerstetter. Seems like he's settling in nicely at center. But this game tends to come down. Like, we can, we can talk about wide receivers. We can talk about X's and O's. This game always comes down to who's more physical at the line of scrimmage. Always. I mean, you talk about and runs and completions. Like, that's, that's it. It's the physicality at the line of scrimmage. So, I think whoever, whichever team runs the football, and this, this is usually how I feel about most games, but whichever team can run the football better, going to win. Unless there's some weird turnovers, some special teams gaffes, which we've seen from both of these teams. So, yeah, that's, that's where my eye is. It's the line of scrimmage. Who can move the opponent's defensive line and create those running lanes. And when you look at Texas's running back situation, and I know that poor Keontae Ingram, everyone's talking about that fumble last week, but, I mean, he's the best back entering this game, right? You're taking him over TJ Pledger, McGowan, Marcus Major, whoever. So you would assume that Texas, with their ability to use quarterback run game and their willingness to use it, right? that they'd have an advantage running the football. And, and that makes you think when you just look at things offensively with the tackling troubles, and that's probably an understatement for Oklahoma on defense, like you have to feel good about Texas and that run game coming into this game. You just have to. When you look at the guys who have to play well for Oklahoma, if Oklahoma's going to win this game, obviously Spencer Rattler, but and you mentioned the running game, but on defense, because we don't know what's going on with Ronnie Perkins, they don't have Kenneth Murray or Neville Gallimore anymore. Um, Caleb Kelly's hurt. Who are the guys that have to play well? Let's start on defense. Yeah, it's uh, it, for me, it starts with Perry on Winfrey, uh, guys, Juco transfer, you know, missed a lot of camp, uh, playing himself into shape, had, had some splash plays. Uh, against Iowa State, but still they're not getting exactly what they want out of him right now, and he is an emotional player. So everything that surrounds this game, even though it's his first year at Oklahoma, like I can see him being a guy that has a lot of production in this game, makes some big-time plays, and they're going to need him too. I, I mentioned the running game. He is their most in talent. He is their most talented interior defensive lineman. He has to play well. If he gets moved off the ball, if he doesn't produce, Oklahoma is going to be in trouble. Because it, if you're not holding point at the line of scrimmage against Texas, they're going to get those big offensive linemen up to the second level. Now, while Brian Asamoah and Deshaun White, David Aguebu, this linebacking core for Oklahoma is improved. They they don't exactly get off blocks tremendously well. They've done some good things, but if those defensive linemen, especially especially Perrion Winfrey, if he doesn't play at a high level, then that Texas run game can get going. Then that opens up the entire playbook. That allows Mike Yersich to use more play action, push the ball down the field in that vertical passing game that we've seen in his offenses throughout the past. So yeah, I, I think Perrion Winfrey, he may be the most important player for Oklahoma in the entire game on Saturday. And 
Ronnie Perkins is practicing. They're anticipating him being available to play. They're still waiting on the final word, but they have every intention of number seven playing, and, and that could change a lot of things because he's a guy that – and I'm sure that Tom Herman and Mike Yersich and, and that staff are – game planning as if Perkins is going to play because he is a guy you need to game plan for. And selfishly, like, I know I'm an OU guy. Like, I want Perkins to play because he's OU's best player on defense. Like, he gives them a better chance to win the game. But also, as a line of scrimmage guy, as a former offensive lineman, I want to see Perkins and Cosme go at it. Like, that, that, that's the matchup I'm most looking forward to, and I'm really hoping we get that, Chip. What what has surprised talking to Gabe Eichard, uh, former uh, center and offensive lineman for OU uh, from 2010 to 2013? OU won the Big 12 championship. Um, two of those four years, Oklahoma State won it in 2011, and Baylor won it in 2013. But what has surprised you most, Gabe, about this OU team, good or bad, through the first few games? Uh, the OU offensive line and uh, bad right so and, and I still have a great relationship with Bill Beanbow his first year at OU was my senior year uh, we still I talk to him all the time uh, I love that man I had never heard him be so excited about an O-line from a talent perspective an experience perspective uh, young players pushing to get on the field I mean Bill was fired up before the season about this offensive line, clearly led by Creed Humphrey, who going to be an early round pick, but they just haven't played well enough. Now, it's not as bad as some people want to make it out to be. Like, they're not horrible. They're not terrible. They're not the worst in the world. Like, you know how the overreactions go, Chip. But they're not finishing blocks at a high enough level. They're playing assignment sound. They're getting on the right guys. But the thing that stands out to me, it's and it's weird because this is a Bill Beatonbow coached offensive line, like a lot of position blocking, uh, not a lot of blocks being finished, you know, burying guys into the grass. It, it's just different from what we've seen, especially the last couple of years with some of OU's offensive lines. They got a true freshman that they're playing at left tackle. He's done some good things, but Anton Harrison also has some freshman moments like that. That's going to happen. So you start thinking about, well, what's all you going to do from an offensive line perspective in this game? You look over on the other side, you, you see Joseph Osai and you go, do we want that kid going one-on-one -on -one with our true freshman in the third down and medium third down and long situations where Chris Ash is clearly just doing things, whether it's overloading fronts, you know, bringing pressure the opposite way to get Osai one-on-ones in pass rush situation because that's their guy. That's the matchup they want. So that's another game within a game that I'll have my eye on. But, yeah, that's the disappointing thing. Uh, and we, you can talk about the running backs for OU, like you mentioned. You mentioned McGowan, young, true freshman, playing a lot. Pledger, I think we'll see some more Marcus Major in this matchup on Saturday. But – it all starts up front. Like you have, you have a redshirt freshman quarterback making his first couple starts. You've got inexperienced backs. You've got talent, but also a lot of inexperience at wide receiver. 
if that line that it, it, it's got to be the bedrock of the team it has to play it, it has to play above expectations right when you have all that inexperience around you i mean they they got to be the group that you can just rely on no matter what to dominate the game and bring everyone else on that offense with them and it just hadn't been that way chip it, it hasn't been that way they they have not played up to the level that has come to be the standard in that room at OU. It's just, and, and they're close. They're not, it's, it's not like they are just leaps and bounds behind where they should be, but they need to get better about the details and they better get right this week or else, I mean, Texas has a ton of talent on this defense, especially that defensive front, all those big bodies, Keandre Coburn, I mean, Taquan Graham, uh, those guys are talented. And if Oklahoma's offensive line doesn't bring it, uh, they're not going to run the ball successfully. They're just not. So those guys have to play better. If they don't play better, Texas will win this game. Well, I, I said when the reschedule came out that OU got screwed because they, they're playing four of the best defenses in the Big 12 to open. You know, K-State, Iowa State, Texas, and TCU. and and then they got to face Oklahoma State, and you got a first-time starter at quarterback. And I just said, "Why?" And no home games in the month of October for the five-time defending Big Twelve champ. I said, "If you are going to get OU, you want to get them early, obviously, before they settle in." And um, and so it's going to be interesting to see if if Texas can get out of its own way. I mean, Sam Ellinger addressed the team on, on Sunday, apparently pretty emotionally saying we're beating ourselves here and we need a better commitment. We'll see how that manifests itself on Saturday. What's your, I mean, were you surprised to see OU favored in this game, Gabe? No, I wasn't just cause I mean, they've been favored. I mean, how many years in a row have they been favored? Right. It, it, I, I don't know the exact number, but it's a lot. <laughs> it, it's a lot. No, you, even though anything can happen in this game, I want to make that clear, but OU has had a lot of success in this series lately. And you talk about the big picture of things overall, OU's had a lot more success than Texas, which I know makes Texas fans very angry. So when you look at the line, I understand. I, I would never bet on this football game because, as you mentioned so kindly earlier, I lost the case, McCoy. So I know anything could happen in this game. I understand that the one thing that, I mean, if we're talking from a gambling perspective, I'm hammering that over because I don't think either of these defenses are any good. Yeah. So it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see, but... Yeah, if you were to, to ask me, you know, kind of a guess the lines type situation, yeah, if I was handicapping it, I'd probably, I'd probably uh, favor the Longhorns a little bit. And it has a lot to do with them having Ellinger. And it has a lot to do with me just witnessing uh, that horrible display of tackling in Ames, Iowa that the Oklahoma defense put on the field. Well, um, Barry Switzer is like one of my favorite people. He, I mean, anytime you're in the room with Barry Switzer, you're howling, laughing, and I, I just are there. Do you have any Barry Switzer stories? Every OU player I've ever spoken with, I've, I've finished the interview by saying, 
do you have any Switzer stories? Not even if you were, you know, personally involved. Oh, I've, got, I've got, I've got a bunch. <laughs> I've got a bunch. Uh, I've gotten to know Barry over the years, run into him all the time, uh, you know, fundraisers, things like that, obviously at the games, things like that. But <laughs> one time I was still playing, I was still at OU and there's this, there's this restaurant in Norman called Midway Deli sandwich shop. They do a great job, really great sandwiches. And one, one day I'm in line and there's like one person in line in front of me. I'm ordering my sandwich out of the corner of my eye, like the window, I see like fur coat and I'm like, what? And it's, it's September. Like it's the month of September. I'm like, who in the world? It's like 90 degrees outside. Like who in the world is wearing a fur coat right now? In walks Coach Switzer, and the best part about it, I, I'm chatting with him. We're talking ball a little bit, but then he walks to the to the counter and he goes, "Yeah, I have the sandwich that's named after me." <laughs> and I, I was it. just like, "This dude, that is one of the." Uh, I mean, you talk about power moves. That is, that's the one thing about Barry. He's he's not shy about anything. He's going to tell you exactly how he feels and. I've interviewed him so many times now as a guest on whether it's, you know, my podcast or one of the radio shows I've done and you got to have that dump button ready oh, for yeah. my man Switzer. <laughs> it's I awesome. Mean, I love that guy. And this is the full length fur coat. Oh yeah. That he wore probably when he was recruiting but, Charles but, Thompson and yeah, Barry doesn't do anything subtly. Oh, that's he, classic. He does, he does everything. 100%. He's still, he's the man in the fur coat. I love it. Yeah, it was 90 Charles, degrees outside. Chip, oh, it made oh. no sense, but it was like, you know what? That's that's Switzer being Switzer. They call him the king for a reason. Oh, man. And he's still right there in Norman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah everyone knows where Barry lives. Holding court. Yeah, that's I right. He, he, he's probably still, uh, I, what fraternity house is that? I think it's like Fiji, maybe. I don't know. My, my mind's a, a little rusty on that stuff, but... I wouldn't be surprised if he still goes over there and uh, throws a few back with the boys. <laughs> so he lives near the Fiji house? Oh, yeah, right across the street. Oh, or at least hilarious. that's where he – that's the last time I checked in on him. That's, where, oh, he, uh, that's where he was. That is dangerous right there. Um, Gabe, anything else, Any uh, anything that stands out to you with regard to Saturday's game that you think is important for for folks to think about? Oh, so many things, but uh, I think, like as a, you know, as an analyst or a, even as a fan, you just gotta you gotta watch the battle of the line of scrimmage. That's uh, we can talk about Ellinger and Rattler and all the skill guys, the backs and wide receivers, but that's where this game is always won. It, it really is. And then I think you're going to see Oklahoma attack some guys, some of the guys they view as. Weak links on Texas's defense. Um, I think a guy like Chris Adamore is a guy that they think that they can pick on, and uh, he's going to have some tough stuff. Like you, you formate some things. Maybe you get Stogner on him, and you get a size size advantage, things like that. So, I, uh, I, I'm gonna. I know it's boring, but it it's all going to come down to what happens at the line of scrimmage, and that's that's how this game always goes. Yeah. Whoever can run the football, whoever can win at the point of attack. And I, I also – I can't wait to see what this, you know, only 25,000 people in the Cotton Bowl experience is going to be like. Now, uh, luckily, I get to 
you know, be there covering the game for the OU radio call. I'd, I'm just curious, Chip. It's going to be weird. It's going to be bizarre. But uh, it's 2020, so it is. what's new? <laughs> right. I mean, I've covered this game for 30 years, and this is going to go down in history for the wrong reasons as one of the most memorable Red River shootouts because, like you said, it's going to be the nuclear winter Red River shootout. And God, for you know, hopefully this is the one and only that we do it without the state fair and and the incredible 100,000 divided it to 50 because – this I'm with you. This is the Mardi Gras of Texas. This is Christmas. This is the best week of the year. And it's always going to be that for me. And I'll be there um, like you taking it all in in this bizarre Mad Dog 2020. But Gabe, really, really appreciate the, the time today. Uh, great conversation. I'll tell Case McCoy you said hi. And uh, yeah, and I know that, how's old uh, Case doing? Tell I him, mean, I, tell him I still think about him on essentially a daily <laughs> basis. That's uh, that's great stuff. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Gabe Eichard, uh, Oklahoma offensive lineman, and of course, uh, now getting it done on SiriusXM Radio Big Twelve today. I'm off often on with you and Holly Rowe. Y'all are doing a great job, and as you said, uh, also on the OU radio call. So. Uh, big thanks to Gabe and big thanks to everyone for stopping into the flagship podcast. Uh, everybody stay safe and keep the faith until next time. It's the NFL offseason, but on pick six, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.